Here we go. I can see a recording. Oh, no, no, no. Give it, give it five seconds. Usually they, they tell us to to wait five seconds. So whenever you're ready. Hello and welcome to the second series of the Velocity Juice podcast. We are so excited to have Oliver Spark as our first guest. Um, he is the founder of Sweet Analytics. So Oliver, it'd be great if you could tell us a bit more about yourself and Sweet Analytics and how you came about to starting the business. Great. Thank you, Delilah. Nice to meet, see you, Flavia. Um, so yes, so I've been, um, I started Sweet Analytics five years ago. Uh, as a way of background, um, I'm a retailer really by trade rather than a tech person. Uh, my sort of principal calling card is I was MD of the White Company for six years. So we grew that from 6 million to 50 million during my, oh, my stay. Um, so, and I've run a number of other brands. So the sort of background to me um, starting Sweet was, you know, the businesses I've tended to run have all very much had data at the core. And I think, you know, even you know, in my journey, I've had some successes and some and some less good things. But all the way I've, you know, the things I've really found fundamental for me running businesses was really understanding the customer metrics. Yeah. So for me, when I uh, started Sweet, uh, it was exactly that. I'm trying to give SMEs the information which I think I've always needed in order to make a business successful. So I have a real belief that unless you understand your customer metrics, then your chances of success are less. Mm. And, and and that's really the background to, to why I started Sweet. Amazing. Great. Well, Oliver, I, I think that we live in an era of data and of information. And for digital businesses, it's so important to capture this data, to structure it and to feed into the decision. So how... Looking at the landscape and looking at your, your clients, how important is data for digitally native businesses and how relevant this is to make good marketing decisions or to decide how to acquire a specific type of client or user? Yeah, I mean, Flavia, I obviously feel it's the, the fundamental for, for any business and that's both digital businesses and um you know, you don't need to just think of it, in, you know, I think of it as, 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 as D2C brands, because as we know, they're, you know, the world is multi-channel. And, you know, in my old background of multi-channel, you know, when I was running the white company, we were originally a mail order business, then we did the internet, and then we did shops. So that was the old traditional multi-channel business. And, you know, lots of people, you know, had lots of success uh, through through that model. And the new multi-channel business is really obviously much more about, you know, more digital first. And, and in digital first, you know, you've obviously got your e-commerce sites, but, you know, there's so many marketplaces that now form part of that data set. But also there is the high street. And, you know, what's really important for any D2C, you know, I talk about D2C businesses, but, you know, we tend to look at the most people's data is better for the D2C part, but... Ultimately, you need to pull all of that data into one place. So that, that phrase, single customer view, is vital that you are able to as much as possible. And, you know, we really aren't in a perfect world uh, of things. But, you know, as much as possible, you need to be able to understand the customer touch points and pull them all into one place. So, you know, for digital native businesses or any businesses, uh, you know, it is absolutely vital uh, having that data. 
So how, that links into my question. So how would um, a, you know a business go into gathering all of that data from all the different types of channels there are? Yeah. So if I use Motor Suite as my example, so we we have um, uh, you know it's a self serve platform, and you can connect your e commerce platforms direct to suite from our website. So like many other people, we have APIs direct with them. And so it's really simple these days in terms of connecting your e-commerce data. We also then connect through to all your marketing platforms. So your Facebook, your Google, um, we have a whole of offline platforms as well um, and marketplaces. So Amazon, eBay, et cetera. So effectively, it's very easy these days to get to a data set that pulls in all these different points. So the, the customer data, which is obviously absolutely fundamental, then you have the marketing data, and then we have a tracker as well, which effectively brings the browsing information into one place. So in terms of the, the sort of data set that's required, you, you need all three of those elements to really get to what really matters, which is understanding ultimately customers, where you're spending your marketing money, and then effectively, what's the effectiveness, which is which is the sort of key question you come to. So, you know, as Sweet, what we really believe is, you know, I may love my blue dashboards that we've spent years developing and, and designing, but really what people want is just being taken to being told what to do. And that's the really key piece that, um, you know, most, most SME, you know, we have a persona of a marketing leader, and that might be a founder who, who, you know, is responsible for marketing, they may have moved on to the next stage, there may be a marketing team. But for everybody, it's the same, same thing. It's, it's a, it's a really difficult role being a marketeer, it's incredibly broad in terms of, you know, sort of creative at one end and numbers at the other. And, you know, millions of, of different marketing channels, platforms, understanding all the different dynamics is very complex. So what really matters, I think, to people is actually just trying to be able to you know, drill down and decide what to do. I, I guess it takes us on a pathway where as companies make a transition from very basically operating on one or two or maybe even a a handful of platforms they shift towards an omni-channel model where it means it becomes ever more complex and difficult to understand and create attribution models um, for those that are listening right now and do not necessarily understand what an attribution model is it's just the the journey and how much can you uh, allocate as a way of acquiring a user to a specific platform and a specific budget that you have attached to that platform. So using your experience working and building direct-to-consumer businesses, Oliver, how, how do you advise companies when they're just about to make that transition? So they have much uh, larger budgets for all these platforms, and then they have this huge problem uh how to allocate them do i put more towards meta do i put more towards tiktok pin interest um do i divide it equally which probably is a very poor strategy um so how do you really approach it at that inflection point when you're shifting from tens of thousands of pounds or dollars per month to maybe hundreds of thousands per month allocation yeah 
can I can I just do the first decision, Flavia? You you've talked about the inflection point, but there there you know there's a stage before which I think is really important, which I think is so. The two fundamental questions I ask businesses when I meet them is: Do you know how many customers you need to acquire to, to hit your your budget? Yeah, because as we know, new customers cost a lot more than maintaining existing customers. And the fundamentals of, of growth for any business are based on those customer metrics. And, and most businesses are sent, you know, you know, if you're growing from a million to five million or five million to ten or any the same, it's the same principles. Each year you're pouring more customers into the pot. So you're opening the, the year with more, more customers. They Normally, history gives you a pretty clear indication of what the, the metrics of, of those customers are. Yeah. But ultimately, most businesses then require how many new customers do you need to, to acquire to hit your, your, your goal? So that's the first question I always ask people. And then the second question is, do you know how much it costs to acquire a customer? So it, before you get to that inflection point, to me, you have to be able to understand what your target ROAS is on a on a blended basis. So just how much, you know, how much do I sales do I get from new customers? How much have I spent? And, and I, this is a daily thing you ought to be doing. This is this is the fundamentals of e-commerce trading: is how many people am I recruiting each day? How much money am I spending? And when you've worked out before that stage of how much can you afford to spend. And, and you may be able to afford to spend, you may be able to afford, you can afford to lose money on, on a customer at the beginning because you understand the lifetime value. So it's really the three things you need to understand is how many new customers do you need to acquire? How much can you afford to spend to, um, to acquire them? And effectively, what does that mean you can spend? How much can you spend? To let me let me, let me just clarify this a little bit more. So yeah. let's assume that you know for meta you you know that what that is but yeah. now you've reached the ceiling and we all know that this happens across many platforms yeah. so you need to figure out where i can go and explore the same type of profile uh, which i might not ne necessarily have already done so i go to tiktok because i'm able to get more followership maybe it's more effective per um pound or dollar spent um, in terms of ROAS. So in when I'm getting to that point where I have larger and larger budgets, and now I'm looking at multiple platforms, how do yeah. I manage the conflicting nature between all of these platforms? And how do I do that allocation? Okay, I won't keep laboring on the on the pre, the pre bit to that inflection, but you know I reckon I speak to eighty percent of businesses and they can't answer the fundamental questions that I start with beforehand. So the the I think you were sort of asked before, you know, the really important bit is that people, you know, do understand that bit, and then when you've got to that bit, then you're into the discussions around attribution, and 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 the the first thing to to there's sort of few sort of fundamentals is that. Every platform has a different attribution model. So if you're doing Google, if you're doing Facebook, if you're doing TikTok, they're all going to give you, we claimed sales of X and we and you spent Y. And, and the only fixed thing in life is the amount of money you spent. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. so you spent £100 and, and you, know, you may have spent them in even chunks and each platform will then give you a different sales number. And those three sales number will never 
add up to the number in the till, which is what where you've got to, you know, I've only got £500 worth of sales. I've spent £100, but Google will tell me they've given you 300 Facebook will tell you you've given you 300 and TikTok will tell you you've given you 300 and, and that is the fundamental problem for a marketeer that is really difficult. So the, the next stage for me beyond blended ROAS is at least accepting that there's nothing wrong fundamentally with the, the reporting in these native platforms yeah as long as you understand that they are all partial and they are only looking after themselves because ultimately they're about attributing sales to, to their own thing and we're in a multi you know we're in a multi-touchpoint world so the stage after blended ROAS is then going into your native platforms and and to be honest if facebook is saying that it is, its ROAS is increasing yeah they're not lying that this ROAS is increasing yeah it's just it's just it's just it's done on their own partial basis so what you really need to understand is what the movement is in your in each of these individual platforms and effectively are you getting better or worse yeah in that so that's the stage before you then begin to start unpicking back into multi-touch attribution and effectively going back to that point we know we've only got you know the two fixed points i've only got hundred thousand pounds worth of sales and I've spent 200 pounds those are the unchanging elements of any e-commerce business and what you then have is multi-touch point attribution which is a, an attribution methodology where you know effectively someone might do a paid search but they might actually then you know their last non-direct click for people using Google Analytics might easily be on an organic search or it might be direct or or, or anything else so Again, you know, we're, we, we go into that problem at that point where most tracking, so you've then got two different really forms of attribution. You've got attribution that is modeled, yep, and so you can't get back down to customers, or you've got attribution that is linked to UTMs and clicks. And, and most platforms are around UTMs and clicks, and that's the same as Google, that's the same, same, as, same as everyone. And in that world, you know, though we'd all like to say that everything was trackable, not everything is trackable. You know, Google doesn't even have a doesn't even have a native chat. You know, in GA three, you don't even have an um, a channel called paid social. Yeah, that's not even there. Fortunately, in GA four, it is there. But you know that the journey for someone on Facebook, for instance, they may have seen Facebook, but it doesn't mean that they necessarily click your link in Facebook and come back and shop. Um, in, in that uh, channel with you being able to track it to Facebook. So UTM tracking, which is what the same as we do, it's what most, most um, pixel-based tracking platforms do. It, it, it gives you the best answer that you possibly can. We all understand multi-touch point, but the real thing that we believe at Sweet is that rather than taking a slavish view of what, what you're being told, is we all know that there's actually a layer of business understanding that is required in order to do attribution. Because, you know, there's there's some you know fundamental factors. You know, creative makes a huge difference. Yeah. Your Facebook ads may be doing really well because you've got brilliant creative, or they may be doing not so well. And it's not, you know, you you one just goes back down to numbers then you know you need to understand the impact of creative you need to be understand the impact of brand 
you know, you, you're, you're spending money, you may be spending money with your PR business, you may be doing influencers, you may be doing all sorts of other things. So what I really hate in attribution is a, is a slavish approach to what the tip, you know, what all the touch points we can see, we can all do the calculations on multi touch point, but you have to have an understanding of a business in, in order to actually, you know, translate that those fundamentals of all that money that you're spending into actually which channel am I going to, to, to allocate it? So, you know, the age old thing, you know, is attribution an art and a science? Absolutely, you need the science to be able to give you the fundamentals, but you also need to have the art to understand what, what is actually driving uh, the business um, beyond what one any of us can see uh, from a touch point perspective. Thank, thank you, thank you, Oliver. I think that that's a very important one. Amazing. Uh, yeah. uh, from, from the look on your faces, it sounds like I went on on that particular topic no. to kill off on uh, that. No, no. It, it is, it is a really important, it is a really important topic, and and it's uh, and you know clearly most you know most marketeers, the question they want to ask or to have answered for them is where should I spend the next pound or where should I cut the next pound? I, I think I think that fundamentally, yeah, many of the companies that we're seeing, they want to be able to ramp up a specific budgets or specific platforms. And what they find is that when they start to go, let's say, pin interest, they spend 50,000 a month, they want to go to 70,000, then this, you know, the cost of acquisition on that platform completely gets distorted. So, um, everybody's asking the question, is my customer discovering and maybe touching multiple platforms before they make the decision? And then the question is, which is the most important one um, where I should be putting more? And I could maybe be happy with a distortion on the cost of acquisition. Um, that, that's, I think, that there is often the difficulty when you have more and larger budgets. Uh, to be honest, absolutely, Flavia, I completely agree with you. And the and the and the the issue there that exactly that, particularly, I think businesses coming to you and and, and you know looking for extra funding in order to accelerate that growth, which you know is a really important you know model that I think is really really important for everyone. You know how you fund your growth is is is, is fundamental to to this. But you know, and I'm sure this is the you know, question you're worried you know about you know if you scale up. You know, is it going to work? And and most things, there is unfortunately a diminishing return uh, on scale up. But you know, what what you do have to be able to do is again, same thing, using the using the the, the art, the, sorry, the science of understanding touch points. You may turn on Pinterest if we can get a Pinterest touch point, and that you've had a Google, and you've had thing. That's what multi touch uh, allows you to have visibility on. But you know, going back to the fundamentals, you know, I always go back to the fundamentals, which is you've got to understand what you can afford in order to recruit a customer. Yeah. So we have a thing called a margin calculator. And you, you need to be able to understand that in, in relation to, um, you know, lifetime value rather than just average order value. So when you've got that, as you scale up, you know, if you're not hitting your, your 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 fundamental, what is my allowable CAC? You know, what is my allowable market cost? You know, the model is wrong. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, you're then into the discussion about which channel. But if it's scaling, if you're able to scale and the numbers still add up within your allowable CAC, 
then of course you're wanting to look at the interactions between between them. But so often I find this conversation, you know, you've got to start with the with the fundamental, and then we can have the discussion around which channel is working, etc. But it's 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 so often I find that fundamental question gets lost um, in the in the piece. Yeah, amazing. And it'll be good as well to go back to the beginning of that. So with, you know, reviewing your data and so on via Google Analytics, because that's what, you know, when a company's just started, that's, you know, their, I guess their go-to form of, you know, data review and so on. At one point, is it right to make that transition to use, you know, an external source like Sweet Analytics? You know, what type of businesses do you see coming to Sweet Analytics? You know, are they small to medium or large size companies? Yeah, we we work with broad broad range of companies. Um, I think, being honest, there's there's not a hard and fast rule, Delilah. Is that you know there may be some very savvy startups that are you know already ready to talk about the attribution. You know, I, you know, we've got one that we um, that you know is quite early on in its phase, and you know those guys, to be absolutely honest, are as good on attribution as I've you know as I've seen they're in their first year and they're you know under a million pounds worth of turnover but they're all over attribution you know I've got many businesses at 10 million 15 million and you know they still haven't you know got to attribution because you know I just to cover off that Google point you know you know we've, we've got another thing just on the horizon obviously which is the GA4 switch over from GA GA3 and if there's ever going to be confusion in the market July the 1st this year you, you're going to have absolute chaos in, in my opinion because for a whole vast array of, array of reasons um but you know so I don't think there's a particular point the the, the point really for me is not enough businesses are clear enough on their allowable CAC and whether they're hitting that. Yeah, because that's what you need to scale. In order to scale, you need to know, same things, number of new customers and how much you can afford to spend on them. And uh, being honest, uh, there's not a, I can't tell you along the line at what point people have really nailed those um, because I find that people can go quite a long way down the line without having nailed those. And and the and the problem of that is they may be underinvesting. Yeah. You know, I talk to businesses and you know, if I am with one tomorrow, you know, they have been, you know, they have grown from in the last four years, they've grown from seven hundred thousand to sixteen million. I couldn't talk about a business that's been more successful with a lower spend than any other businesses. They're on about five percent of spend. Absolutely incredible story. So, so now we're into the next discussion of, okay, well, this is just great, but actually, guys, you could have gone faster because you, you know, you had a you had an allowable CAC of a lot of money, yeah, and you've only been spending a small amount of money. So just think how much faster we could have go, gone and the opportunity that comes from that understanding. So there isn't an exact point where you swap from being a sort of Google attribution type business into a into a multi-touch point attribution. But you know, the, the crossover point for me is you understood the first bit, then you probably have to move on to the next question. Okay. Okay. Man, um, so many things for a young company um, and listeners to actually take away from this conversation. I would love to meet the company that is able to spend only 5% of their budget on uh, digital advertising to that, that drive that sort of growth. 
I, I think that what would be really um, important here, and I know that we're kind of heading towards the end of our conversation, um, what would be the advice for founders that are still in the beginning of that journey? So what would be the kind of key takeaways? I know that we're going we're gonna to have a couple more questions, but what are the key takeaways? How to prepare for a journey where um, being able to understand your attribution model, where you should spend, almost becomes uh, synonymous with success. Um, how, what are the very basic things that you should think everybody should do right now? Every founder within a yeah. direct-to-consumer business or digitally native business. Yeah, I, I, I think... For me, and I'm, if I'm repeating myself, you know, as you've mentioned, I've, I've gone into some pretty big topics here. And, and again, we don't I'm not trying to cause confusion. I'm trying to you know, make sure that life is life is simple for people. You know, the first thing you have to understand is what I call a growth model. You know, when I grew the white company from six to 50 million. Yeah. The one thing I understood was my customer metrics. And for me, I, you know, like anybody, I, 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 I started my life with a very simple thing where I had an incentive scheme that I was incentivized to grow a company at 40% a year. And even I could do a spreadsheet that went 1.4 times 1.4, five times. And it was only when I began to understand my customer metrics that I actually knew what I was beginning to, the framework for what I needed to do. Because, you know, each D2C business is around pouring customers in the top and then, you know, it's how they trickle down over time. So every year you exist as a D2C business, you've got an inherent rate of growth, you know, as long as you keep doing the same kind of things. Yeah. And, and understanding that as a fundamental is really the most important thing because that throws out for you, how many customers do I need to recruit? And normally that is when you then have to start spending money. You know, it would be great that every business could, you know, do it on organic, do a PR, do you know, but not actually spend money. But it's very rare for me to deliver growth that you can deliver growth without really understanding what that new customer number is. So, you know, that's probably a pre-stage to, to where your question was going. But you know, so often I find Flavia, that that's not in place, um, and that is the fundamental um, for me in terms of understanding how to grow a, um, an e-com business uh, at its. Uh, at its first stage okay that that is that is really helpful um i guess what would be yeah i think what would be really relevant uh, for us moving forward you have mentioned and we are aware that there are um, cookie privacy um regulations coming in on google potentially more within the various different platforms so what do you think the future holds on digital advertising using this platform for growth? Is data going to become more siloed and thus systems becoming incredibly relevant? Or um, we're, you know, what kind of what kind of changes how are they going to impact the average founder? Yeah, I think I think you're, you're, it's a, we're at a you know a real sort of inflection point if, if you want to mean because you know what we've effectively seen over the last few years is you know some pretty seismic changes ios 14 you know cookies obviously haven't disappeared but they you know there's, there's deprecation depending on where it all goes um you know a lot of people had you know 
big COVID boosts. So, you know, everyone sort of, you know, had a period and, and you know, those are all sort of, you know, the COVID impacts dropped off. So suddenly people are now much more critical about how their business is, is performing. So, you know, we're in a really difficult um, point uh, on that. And, and then added into that, there's the GA4, GA3 switchover, which I could do a whole podcast on with you just to, just to, to cover off that topic, but without trying to frighten people. So, you know, there, there is a lot of, there's a lot of um, uncertainty, if I would like to say, around attribution at the moment when it's probably become more critical than it has at, at any other point. And what, you know, I think, there's also an education piece here that, you know, the conversation that I'm, you know, so often party to is, you know, the board board director says to the marketing director, you know, you know, how do you justify your spend? Um, the marketing director looks a bit blank um, and goes to the digital agency, says, guys, you know, I'm being asked this question by 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 the um, uh, by my board. How can we justify the spend on Facebook exactly? They look a bit blank, if I'm being honest. Um, because that's not normally a, a fully question they have to justify on a proper attribution basis. And so they come to us and other platforms and say, gosh, we need to be able to answer the attribution question. And the problem is that then people just want a simple answer. And attribution, going back to my art and, art and science point, it isn't a simple question. It's, it's a dynamic problem. It's something you have to invest in. It's something you have to test and learn. It's, it's an iterative journey that you have to go on. And to be honest, it's not always that actually the whole, everyone along the chain has got the time or the, or the, or the focus to really remember what the answer to the question is um, and what they wanted. So it, it, it's really complicated around that. Oh man, I think that we're, um, I think we're heading towards a point where everybody wants simple questions, simple answers to yes. very complex questions. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's a brilliant line for me. It's exactly that. And, and funny, I, uh, I was having a conversation with um, one of our investors just the other day, you know, you know, Oliver, you keep making everything really complicated. And I go, you know, I, I, I you know, I really do accept that, that you only want simple and, and, the problem is that, you know, I have a million people who ask me a different question. And as a result, we have to sort of build a platform that can cope with every different question. But yeah. actually, you know, you only want the simple answer to your question. Um, and there was a good piece in Marketing Week the other day about the complexity of a marketing director's role. And it is really complex. So but as you say, people want simple to the complex. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> it's the challenge for all of us. Amazing. Um, moving on, or even just going back um, to when you, you know, touched on one of the how, you know, one of the businesses you've helped support. It'd be good to understand a bit more about the case studies that have, you know, any case studies that have really benefited from using Sweet Analytics. You know, what is the power of using that tool for a business? I think going back to the sort of simple from complex, you know, yeah. and I am going to repeat myself again about customer forecasting yeah. models and things like that. You know, you know, I've got a business that I personally have worked with for the last three to four years. And, you know, it's a really nice story. We've, we've you know, they've grown, you know, it's a tiny business. They turned over 80,000 online and, you know, four days later, we're, we're turning over just short of 4 million. Wow. And, 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 and really what we've been able to do during that process is give them the, the confidence and clarity around their numbers 
in order for them to turn up. And this must be the same with a number of the businesses that you guys work with. You know, they're at a point, they've got a dream of going to another point. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's just, I'm afraid it just doesn't work that you can just go, I'm going to go at 100 miles an hour, I can just turn up everything. It's a, it's a constant test and learn, see how it goes, test, learn, etc. Otherwise, you know, you tend to burn through your cash very quickly. So, you know, in that particular example, we've worked with them extensively, you know, testing and learning at each point, working out what they can afford to spend. We then spend at lev that level. We work out that that works. We then turn up to the next level and we move it forward. And then, you know, I think it's really important that, you know, the own, you know, we've got to remember that marketing's not the only driver of growth, you know, product strategy, international strategy, you know, channel strategy, all these things are really important. And, you know, it, we it, to grow a business and, you know, the case studies where we've really helped with, I think, are the ones where we've really helped them think, you know, holistically around that. Because, you know, if you can't recruit, you know, if again, I talk about the, the business that we were talking about earlier and it's grown very quickly, you know, a, a, a large chunk of their growth is now look opportunity looks as though it's in the US, you know, it, you know, once you're recruiting, say, 50,000 customers in the UK or 100,000, depending on whatever you know, size of business you are, you know, if you've done that for two to three years, you're probably beginning to cap out on your market opportunity. So, you know, what the opportunity there is, you probably need to be opening up a new market. Um, and that's the, the, one, the example I was giving you, know, the smaller example I was giving, that's what happened. So, you know, they've, they've now got, you know, X customers in the UK, you know, we've only got a third of that in the US. And probably the opportunity is 10 times as large. So, you know, it's that, it's understanding all of that data that then allows you to, 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 um, to make the right decisions in order to, to plan your growth. Um, and that's really the fundamental, you know, case study that, that we really focus around um, in Amazing. order to drive that. Amazing. Well, I think, I mean, Flavia, do you have any more questions? Yes, I think it would be great um, if you had any um, resources or anything that we can share with our listeners anywhere where they can learn about um, Sweet Analytics. Um, that would be that would be really great. Or if they could learn about more importantly about familiarizing themselves, doing that educational piece. I know that within um, Velocity Juice, we spend quite a bit of time. Uh, creating these podcasts to empower founders to find the responses. But I'm looking at you, uh, Oliver, to, to give us a, a few more details yeah. that maybe are not necessarily easily accessible for the listeners. Yeah, Flavio, if it's okay, I've got a particular, I've written an attribution paper recently, um, which perhaps, you know, we could all work and I'll provide you with a link and we could ask people to download uh, on that, which I think gives, in my opinion, gives a very clear overview of this of this attribution point that we've been talking about and, the, and you know, where people are in the journey and where they should be making the decisions that, you know, you've been asking about, Flavio, where's the inflection point where you really invest in attribution and where, you know, what's the, what's the bit before? So um, that I'd love to, to provide to everyone to, to, to get hold of, and we'll, we'll sort that out after, after the call. And then, we, you know, we produce a number of other papers around levers for growth. And, you know, I hope, you know, through our relationship, we can you know, continue to, to, to feed in, um, you know, 
bits of information and, and, and we call them papers. We do lots of blogs, but papers. Um, and if, um, if anyone wants another person to follow on LinkedIn, uh, I write very regularly on a lot of these topics. Um, so, um, you know, do, do, do um, uh, follow me on LinkedIn because, you know, this is my, you know, this, this, these, these fundamentals of how you grow an SME business at the heart of, you know, in, you know, what are we trying to do? We are trying to help SMEs grow. Uh, because that's you know you know what I've done in my career, and that's really ultimately it just comes down to this fundamental belief that you need the customer data in order to be likely to be more successful. So you know I post on that very regularly. Um, so you know, please do anyone follow me on LinkedIn, and, and I'll and I'll follow this up with a couple of papers. Amazing. Well, we're we are gonna add a few more resources on Sweet Analytics, uh, on Oliver, and what is the best way to reach out if you want to learn more and to see read um, the the paper on attribution models. Uh, but most importantly, Oliver, we the Lila and I are so happy to have you here on our second season. We have been very fortunate to. Um, already record 10 episodes in the first season which has been pretty much on every platform now um we're yeah we're very grateful for your support and your insight i'm sure that many of the founders are gonna start to reflect on some some of the wealth of information that we've touched on and yeah it's really it's been a really amazing journey i'm for those listening to us, very thankful that you have tuned in. Uh, stay uh, in touch on different platforms for streaming our podcast. And most importantly, if you want to learn more about uh, Velocity, please check us out at www.velocity-group.com. Yeah, and I think also if, um, Oliver, for our listeners, if any of our listeners are wanting to, you know, look at, read through Oliver's attribution paper, um, I think please just send us an email on support.juiceupvelocity-group.com and we will send that to you 1 million percent. Yeah, because I feel like it'll be a very useful paper for our listeners to read. 1 million percent. But yeah, thank you, Oliver. And I'll send you. I'll send you that straight after the call. And yeah. please, anyone, Oliver Spark at SweetAnalytics.com, do just contact Amazing. me directly if there's anything else I can help with. Amazing. Well, thank you, Oliver. And um, yeah, great podcast. Thank you.